All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 272. Uh, really getting up there now. Uh, today, we have Edward Kodish, founder of Solidified, on the show to talk about why it's important to keep your blockchain secure, the methods they go about using, and the importance of the auditing process. A lot we'll dive into. Edward, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for inviting me. It's a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to have you. Uh, it's going to be a fun conversation. Really curious to learn more about, you know, what you guys are doing and kind of dive into the details before we do. Um, tell me in the audience a bit more about yourself. You know, what's your story? Um, how did you find yourself, you know, in this world of crypto and blockchain? And um, what was kind of like your path, your trajectory to get to Solidified? Yeah, sure. Um, so I started building complex distributed systems back in 2010. That's my background, primarily computer science, and walked up the chain to director of engineering for a robotics company out of MIT and started getting tired of the whole politics in the corporate world. So try to try to find um, a problem to solve. And along the way, in 2015, a friend of mine from UK just became a millionaire um, by investing in Bitcoin. And so he kind of urged me to start looking into this world and said, hey, this this got legs. You need to look at it beyond just an investment. Uh, and so I started looking at Ethereum um, just from a computer science point of view. It was really interesting to me. Uh, started building my first smart contract and quickly realized that um, there's a lot of problems that haven't been solved in the space at the time. And one of them that piqued my interest was cybersecurity, that uh, these systems that were being built uh, were being built to be unsupervised. And there was literally no one who could, um, who could verify your code with you and, and help you audit it and make sure that it runs as intended. And so uh, that's how I entered the space and we started solidified awesome so it was an investor that you know piqued your interest got you to look a bit deeper into the space and consider the fact that um there's a lot of on the work on the grounds building type of work and and security that needs to happen and take place and that's the part that interested you the most yeah i mean for me uh, the technical aspect of it was interesting, right? So the fact that you could run logic uh, on these smart contracts and, and do what you want uh, in a decentralized way, you know, at the time it was really novel and a cool idea. So I really wanted to get into that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, and a big need for it in the space today. So many uh, hacks going on, so many uh, issues with different, you know, web web three revolutionary blockchains coming out and um, a lot of bugs need to get squashed. So what do you guys, so what, what is solidified maybe in a nutshell? Like how would you summarize it and what's like the goal, like the mission that you guys are going after? Right. So the problem was when I wrote my first smart contract um, mm -hmm. back into um Back in 2016, I uh, I was trying to find somebody who could verify it with me, who could uh, do a security audit, because I was new uh, at the time to this world. And 
there were basically two options at the time. Um, one, you could uh, go to Reddit and there were all these strange people who you don't know and were telling you, I could do a review with you for X ETH um, or a certain amount of dollars. And, you know, there's a big challenge of trust. Like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know how competent they are. So um, that's not a solution. And uh, the other solution for kind of big enterprises that were entering this world at the time was to go to the only company that existed uh, for security audits at this time, which was Open Zeppelin. And they were charging an arm and a leg for a security audit that was uh, over $100,000. So if you're a new venture who just uh, you know had a great idea and haven't raised any money yet, there was literally no uh, good way for you to verify security of your contracts, security of your system. And so we wanted to come in and, and disrupt that and change that and make, in, make it basically more accessible um, to newcomers, projects who, who are new, haven't raised money yet. Um, second issue was transparency. Um, there was no transparency in the whole auditing process. So we wanted to bring transparency to the published uh, completed audit reports um, so that the users can judge for themselves the, the risk with the system that exists uh, so that the new auditors coming into the field can learn from that. Um, and uh, third, you know, there is a shortage of talent. So we wanted to train additional auditors. Uh, is there just a shortage of really good quality auditors at the time? Um, and so you know, in the process, Solidified came along and, and tried to solve these issues and establish a standardized process for security audits that really ensures consistent quality uh, project to project just across the board. What does that standardized process kind of look like that you guys have formulated and why do you think it's important and does it differentiate from other you know, auditing processes out there? Right, so that's, that's a big loaded question there. Um, so I think it's important to understand for, for especially for anyone who's just entering the blockchain security world that, um, uh, or looking at their first security audit, that blockchain security is a highly cross-functional field, right? So uh, you, you have a big chunk of it is decentralized finance. And so you have to understand how liquidity markets work, options work, um, at the same time, you know, you have to be a strong systems architect, um, understand how dependable systems interact together, uh, how upgrade mechanisms work. Then you have to have computer science and math background to, um, you know, understand logic, computer language, you know, um, more complicated concepts that can exist like staking rewards, you know, um, and, and you have to have a mind of a hacker. Um, right. So as in any um, cybersecurity project, you, you're trying to break things uh, in order to secure it. So um, it's hard to find all those traits in one person. Right. So uh, it's a very cross-functional uh, world. So typically um, in the past, before Solidified came along, uh, there was one person who claim to have all this knowledge and try to verify that that all of that is copacetic. But 
uh, when we came along, we realized that that was not reasonable to do. Um, so we uh, put together a very high quality talent team uh, that is composed of, uh, you know, traditional computer scientists, uh, economists, professional economists, um, and mathematicians who can do these threat modeling um, exercises and really, you know, have um, all these check boxes checked. Um, and so that, that was a big thing, right? So this subject matter expertise was, was a big thing that uh, Solidified could bring to the table. And so for every security audit that we did, we put um, at least three people on each audit and uh, so that we could um, uh, check each one of these um, checkboxes. So then that's just, you know, the people, the, the people who actually do the review. Um, the, the process itself, like in any cybersecurity project, it really depends on, on security and depth, right? So um, meaning, uh, for those who don't know, is that you're trying to uh, do multiple layers of security, not just one, to, to make sure that the project is secure at the end. So, you know, there's an overall process. You do a security audit, uh, then... Uh, you, you give your initial findings to the client, the client fixes some of them, maybe not all of them, and gives it back to you. You do a second security audit uh, to make sure that they didn't introduce any new issues and that they fixed existing ones. Um, and many companies say, well, that's it. At the end of that, you know, that's it. And so we uh, uh, solidified the time uh, also added the bug bounty program uh, to the mix. So bug bounty uh, program is essentially a program where you put your code up um, for a certain amount of time with incentives to find bugs, uh, right? So um, a company can pay uh, X thousand amount of dollars if, if you found a critical or a major or, or a minor bug. And um, Bug bounties, they sort of accomplished a different aspect uh, of this game, right? So it's not the same as security audit, but it's a really good uh, complement to it. Um, because in the bug bounty, you're, uh, the, the hackers are really, or, or uh, good actors are trying to earn money, they're, they're really focused on finding a bug um, rather than uh, making sure this overall system is secure. So during phase one, you know, during an audit, we make sure that the system is secure the best we can. And during phase two, the bug bounty, we kind of open up, open it up to a wider audience uh, to make sure that there's no more bugs left. Right. So uh, at that point, they're highly incentivized to to find any remaining issues. Um, and as a layer three, we highly recommend, especially for some complex systems to go and get insurance cover. Um, this is something that a lot of companies forget to do. Uh, there's great companies out there like Nexus Mutual who uh, provide um, uh, smart contract cover. They don't really call it insurance for you know, legal reasons, but uh, it's called, it's the same thing essentially. Uh, they insure your smart contract against bugs, but in order for, for you to get that cover, you have to have gone through the proper due diligence process first. 
to do that security audit to put in the bug bounty and show them that your project is actually decently secure before they could give you that cover. So that that's a multi-step process that uh, we really were trying to be behind. Um, and in the middle of this, just the security audit part, uh, there was a lot of innovations there from our side as well. Um, so one, one innovation was we really tried to produce an unbiased result. So a lot of security auditors uh, would work together on, on an audit and really try to uh, find you know, any issues or things that were not being followed as best practices together. Um, and that often biases the other person that you're working with um, and uh, you know, produces results that are not necessarily genuine. And so we, we made it sure that each auditor works uh, independently, uh, unbiased with their own devices before bringing them together into a consensus debrief meeting. So that was a big change from the standard process that was being done before. Uh, and we saw a, a better result after that. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's kind of a happy, uh, happy path that I've been describing so far, because there's, there's times when a client gives you um, a project that's just really poorly written or poorly constructed. And so um, what we started doing is in the early days, um, when, when we started uh, doing a security audit and see that the project is just not properly designed, we, we would stop the audit, get back on the call with the client and really advise them on the best practices of, of how to build the system before we continue with an audit. So um, those were some of the core components that we brought into the smart contract audit world. It sounds like you guys got a lot of moving components and people involved, you know, that eventually make it work. So you, like you get a project and you have like a gauntlet almost of talent and expertise that it needs to go through before it gets your guys' final stamp of approval that it's clean and bug free. Um, but at the same time, you know, you mentioned that it don't always go well, you know, there's a need potentially for insurance, um, insurance companies to be involved or. Um, like you're saying, um, if it's not written well, or there's issues with it, then with the code, then maybe there needs to be, um, developers that need to get involved to help fix it. Have you guys built quite a network then, um, of people that you can refer them to or outsource to, you know, if you find that in those audits, there are problems that they need to resolve. Um, and you can say, okay, well, you need a developer cause you got to fix this. You need to contact this person because you need to update that. Um, I imagine you guys kind of got a bit of a Rolodex for that, right? Yeah, so typically the companies we work with have their own development teams and usually they know what they're doing. Um, so we simply advise them on the best practices uh, of the system architecture or best security practices. And when we talk to their development team, um, uh, you know, that we have an understanding. So they usually go back to a drawing board and come back with a better version. Um, I think in the early days, uh, or for some of the smaller projects that we used to take, um, you know, they didn't have a good developer. They didn't, they outsourced the developer team that is no longer available. So in those cases, 
um, you know, we tried to help them find someone who, who could who could help, who was uh, competent. How do you guys go about sourcing some of these auditors? You know, I know there's a trustworthy aspect that's, you know, really important as well. Um, do you have like a vetting process for that or do you train them in house or what, what's kind of the path you go to, to get someone that's really good? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because talent is a very important aspect in, in this space. Uh, so s- some of our auditors have been with us for five plus years and, and that's saying a lot because most of the security auditing firms in, in the blockchain space haven't even been around for that long. Um, and so um, originally we actually went to uh, different Ethereum competitions, coding competitions, and um, I invited the winners uh, of those competitions to work with Solidified. Um, you know, that sort of served as the base of the team that we started with originally back in 2016. Um, during that time, I spoke at a lot of conferences, and I, I also met a few people who were also either uh, speakers about technical subjects. So, um, you know, we, we had a chat, and one thing led to another, and, and um, we, we worked together afterwards. But um, later, we developed a more um, a succinct um, process for vetting security auditors. So... Um, you know, now that we have veteran auditors, um, you know, they're all computer scientists by trade. Um, they've been in blockchain security for a number of years that, you know, it's not just like last year that they picked up <laughs> solidity and, and started trying to figure out what, what it is. Um, you know, we, we take new auditors kind of under our wing, uh, who want to be with us and, um, uh, take them on a couple audits and see how they do um, and really, you know, trial them by fire and, and throw them into the mix and see how they perform, uh, see how they think through the issues that they find, uh, th- see how they think through the systems that they're analyzing and uh, pick out, you know, the people who we believe are, are going to be the best. Got it. It sounds like, you know, quite a process to go through. Um, I, I can't imagine. I know a lot of people have had issues hiring in the space for a long time, just trying to get developers and stuff. Obviously, it's changed a lot the last couple of years, but, um, you know, making a developer learn solidity for the first time when they have all this prior knowledge and skills is sometimes not productive in the space. Um, kind of wraps around to the next question I had was, do you guys mostly focus on the Solidity code base and helping Ethereum-based projects? Or do you work with a variety of different blockchains out there with different standards? Yeah, so Solidified uh, brand uh, that I started, um, they are focused on uh, Ethereum-based uh, projects. Uh, so really not just Ethereum, but EVM, Ethereum Virtual Machine-based projects. <clears throat> That's a big wider uh, scope. Um, in, last year, my company got acquired uh, by Oak Security, uh, which is another blockchain security firm uh, ran by uh, my partners, uh, Stefan and Philip. And they focus more on third generation blockchains. So we're talking about uh, you know, Solana, uh, Avalanche, 
things like that, Terry ecosystem, uh, Cosmosm. So, uh, you know, they focus a bit on, on different blockchains uh, and it's, it's great uh, that acquisition was a really great step for Oak security because um, now with Solidified under their belt, they can focus kind of on both arms of the trade. Um, with Solidified brand, they still uh, do Ethereum-based audits and with Oak security brand, we do uh, third generation blockchain audits. Do you want to expand out even more into some of those third gen blockchain projects and kind of take on more clients? Um, or do you want to focus mostly on Ethereum? You know, it's um, that's an interesting question because the majority of clients um, for Oak security, you know, is coming from third gen blockchains because it's a harder to find talent world. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not a lot of talented engineers who understand, um, you know, those aspects, those languages, those semantics of the, of how the, those blockchains are constructed, um, how those networks work. Um, but we still get a really good flow on Ethereum because that's still, you know, 90% of volume. Um, and so it's, I think it's really good to, to keep both of those avenues open. Uh, and, you know, we see what happens in the future. Yeah, I imagine a large chunk of the demand, though, comes from the Ethereum ecosystem, just because it's so big right now. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of opportunity if some of these other blockchains really get to be as big as Ethereum one of these days, they'll definitely be a good market share to grab. Um, can you talk, I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but can you talk again about this cross-functionality with blockchain security and um, how some of all these different components come together to make, you know, security around a blockchain important? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we, when we do a security audit, all, all sorts of different projects come to us, right? So they range really widely from um, something like a decentralized exchange uh, where you have to understand, uh, you know, decentralized finance, how exchange rates work, um, how rewards work, um, to games, you know, games like we, we audited a project for OpenSea, for example. Uh, and anything in the middle, really, there's, there's wallets, um, you know, and so on. So we, we, we cater to a, a really wide variety of Ethereum projects. And because of that, we have to have um, talent who understands how to perform a variety of, of attacks. Um, and these range from, you know, your typical security best practices um, uh, attacks and economic attacks, right? So how can I upset the balance of the ecosystem such that I get rewarded more than I should, right? So a lot of these issues come from um, um, trying to upset the rewarding mechanism. Um, how do you, uh, you know, maybe capitalize on a rounding error somewhere uh, in order to borrow uh, a lot of money and execute a flash loan attack and, and get paid uh, millions of dollars, right? So there's a lot of economic analysis, um, economic modeling that's involved. Um, uh, some of these issues stem 
um, you know, from people not implementing kind of traditional finance concepts proper, properly in, in these decentralized systems um, or not understanding these concepts in, in general. So, you know, we, we can't just be cybersecurity experts. We have to also be economics standard uh, experts as well. Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up. Um, do you have people on the team that have strong economics backgrounds or do you prefer to have a diverse set of opinions um, on, on a team that's working on a project? Because tokenomics is really important in terms of the long-term viability and the, you know, the overall functionality and how a project works. Um, you don't want that to break or you know, cause the project to fail or to push the community away in any kind of instance um and i know there's a lot of different economic models and theories out there is there one that you know you guys stick with that you think works the best or that is applied to blockchain the best or do you just try to button up whatever they want to work with um yeah i mean it really depends on the project um you know there, there's no like one <laughs> economic theory that covers everything right mm -hmm. so it depends what they're building um you know if they're building some kind of liquidity market depends what, you know, what, what are they doing? Are they doing something cool, new and innovative um, in, in how they're giving people rewards? Um, are they just copying an existing project, right? So a lot of these uh, uh, new players, all, all they do is they kind of fork an existing project and tweak a few variables and, and rebrand it and say, hey, we have something cool and new. And that's, that's a big red flag uh, very often. Um, so we, we typically don't take projects like these. Um, we have our own um, vetting mechanism. We don't take on every security audit. We, we take on audits that we believe are doing something cool, new, and innovative in the space. Um, and you know, to get back at your question, yeah, we, we actually have PhD economists on the team uh, and we make sure that they are added to uh, those security audits that require this expertise. So of all the projects that you guys take on, you know, whether they're DAOs or wallets or exchanges or games or, or whatever, I'm sure you guys have seen it all at this point. What would you say is generally the most easiest to work on and what's the most difficult to work on, if you could pick? Um, well, the easiest, uh, that's easy as tokens, right? So, um, a lot of companies create new tokens and, and they just need to do a quick security audit of a token. So those are probably the easiest, um, that's where we start our new auditors on, um, you know, we tag them along on these projects and just make sure that they can find all the basic things. Um, because you know there's standards that exist and and these tokens just basically need to follow those standards um and, and make sure they're not uh you know they're adding some custom logic that's what we actually will audit on top of it um most difficult projects probably have to be in a domain of something like zero knowledge proof um something very heavy math mathematical um so you know zero knowledge proofs are kind of a very interesting uh, trend that's going on right now um, where basically you're trying to prove a secret without revealing that secret um, and it is being 
used in the blockchain space quite a lot. Uh, and a lot of protocols are, are using this. Um, and you have to have subject matter experts in this area of, of uh, security. Uh, so um, that would probably be something along those lines, like a, 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 where it requires strong mathematical background uh, or, or very deep economics background. So one more question before we start wrapping up. Um, what's what's your guys' roadmap kind of look like going forward? Um, do you guys have plans for the rest of this year or going into early next year? Um, things that you guys are going to be doing that you didn't do before, like a new product or service in the auditing process, or are you guys going to any cool events? Or um, is there anything you want? to highlight or let people know about that you're excited for that you think it's important? Yeah, sure. So we will be at DevCon coming up in, in Colombia. Uh, so if anybody's there who's watching, come and, and meet us there. It'd be a fun event. Uh, both uh, I will be there and my partner from Oak Security will be there as well. Uh, and as to uh, the future, you know, there's right now there's a lot of open issues in the space still. As, as you can see, you know, projects are still getting hacked left and right, right? So, um, you know, why is that, right? So that I think that's a very important question to keep asking because now the, the industry has matured, the security industry has matured and the projects are doing better, um, right? So people are being held accountable for the state of their security, both financially <laughs> and in terms of public reputation, right? Resources like uh, wrecked leaderboard exists now where you can go and look um, at the recently wrecked uh, projects in, in the space. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel, you know, we have matured, but, um, there, there's a couple of reasons why projects are still being hacked, right? So one, um, there's there's a, a very big interest in this space from hackers. Uh, why? Because they would rather, uh, what would they rather do? Would they rather go to traditional software project where they could have to um, break through, you know, three VPNs and, and a complex, you know, intruder monitoring system uh, to get at the prize. Uh, or uh, they can just go and bang against this contract that's available publicly on the blockchain and just find the right set of instructions to give it. So that it just, you know, gives you millions of dollars. So, of course, there's a lot of... Um, um, there's a lot of bad actors that are focused uh, on, on this space. Um, not necessarily because it's easier, but because it's more available. Uh, and uh, typically, you know, that's hackers go where the money goes. So um, there's a ton of money in this uh, space right now, and, and it's attracting a lot of bad actors as well. Um, you know, second reason I'd say is because uh, there's no sort of guarantee that your auditor will do a good job, right? So um, incentives are often misaligned um, in this space. Uh, for example, you know, auditor may get dinged for not doing a good job, um, but the company that 
is supposed to secure may lose all of its capital. That's that's a very big misalignment of incentives. And the same on the bug bounty platform. Um, you know, the people who are in the, who are bug hunters, they're they're really not trying to secure a project. They're just trying to capitalize on the bug and find the bug. Um, you can argue that as part of that, they are securing the ecosystem, and that probably would be partially right, but they're not looking at the project with the goal of securing a system. They're looking at the project with the goal of finding one bug that they can get paid for. And so, um, you know, we're, we're trying to solve um, these problems in the space of how to redesign the process uh, and build tools so that the incentives are aligned more correctly. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the proper behavior is rewarded and uh, incorrect behavior is punished. So um, in, in, in a way, this is a very difficult problem to solve because it stems you know, years back, right? Uh, we see traditional software systems are still being hacked as well. So there's really no way to guarantee whether every bug in the program has been found or the incentives for finding the bugs aren't enough, right? So uh, it's a very interesting and, and difficult problem to solve. And um, you know, we're, we're taking our stab at it. Got it, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think incentives mess up a lot of things in the space, especially when it comes to bad actors because it's very heavily incentivized. There's more value in being a bad actor a lot of the times than working for a company and getting paid a salary or even being part of a bug bounty, a lot of times, you know, you know, if they can make one change and invest time into it, and make a million dollars, that's pretty good deal for them. I, I don't blame them. I mean, exactly. if they got that skill set. That's exactly where that it's going. So it's really hard, I imagine, to transition them to doing it in a malicious way and being like, okay, but help us actually protect us. Um, yeah, that's got to be hard. It, it's becoming a bit more difficult um because of how how do you launder that money out you know once you let's say you're a bad actor and, and you hack something you got these millions of dollars in your in, in your address in your ethereum address wallet now how do you get it out that that's a different you know conversation um mm -hmm. you know that that is becoming as we as we've seen recently with uh, u.s uh um, government sanctioning uh, the Tornado Cash protocol that was being used quite extensively to launder this money out, to, to split it into many different addresses and, and, and then cash out. Um, you know, they, they put a, a pretty heavy lid on it, even though they can't sanction the code that actually runs on, on the blockchain, but they can sanction individuals they can sanction addresses so those addresses are blacklisted from exchanges so you can't just go and, and move money into an exchange and get the money out right so they have already sanctioned uh, that and um, you know without <clears throat> services like these and U.S. banks uh, and, and, and exchanges who are agreeing to cash that money out, uh, you know, you, you're going to need to go to a different country and, and find a way to do that. Um, you know, that, that is kind of under wraps. So mm -hmm. it's becoming more difficult to do that, which hopefully will 
help level the playing field a little bit. But, um, you know, bad actors are also very smart um, people and they will, I'm sure, find other avenues to do this. So it's, it's going to be an ongoing issue of um, trying to fix the, those misaligned incentives for bad actors versus good actors. Yeah, it's a little bit of cat and mouse, isn't it? It's like you, you catch them on one thing and then they find another avenue and then you catch them there and another one pops up in a decentralized space and eventually decentralized world. It's going to be very hard to keep up that chase, I think. But um, it's just also going to come down to how diligent the security measures are out there and how people go about preventing that stuff as much as possible. It's never going to stop existing, you know, in the web two space, you know, look at any computer today, computer comes out, hacker figures out, figures out how to get into the system. Then there's a firewall. Then they figure out how to use malware. And then there's, um, ad blockers that, that prevent that. And then they come up with something else. And then there's another security measure that prevents that it's, so it's not like, you know, the past industry of the internet has figured it out completely. It's, still a vibrant industry unfortunately um so it probably will be in web3 yeah. but it's kind of interesting how that just keeps evolving yeah it's it's also interesting that this is i think directly tied to the ideology of uh decentralization because if we have a truly decentralized system that is not able to be sanctioned right that is uh doesn't have any central authority governing it then there will be problems like this. Um, and so it's kind of pinning the ideology of decentralization against some of these, you know, um, misaligned incentive problems. Um, and so, I, you know, we're trying kind of to walk the middle ground right now, but it'll be interesting which way we sway uh, because, you know, Ethereum merge that just happened with the proof of stake um you know a lot of people are complaining that it's it's a much more centralized world um right and that's where uh, a lot of companies like circle or infura right so circle is the issuer of um the, one of the biggest stable coins mm -hmm. and infura is the uh, company behind uh, the nodes, the managed nodes on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, so these companies have a lot of power over, um, over the operation of the blockchain. And if U.S. government comes to those companies and says, I want you to sanction so-and-so, um, we already saw they, they followed through and, and did what, what the government asked. And so... You know, if we move to that more centralized version of the ecosystem, then perhaps some of these issues will get fixed. But then did we do any better than what we had before? Exactly. Yeah, it makes you appreciate something like uh, like Bitcoin so much more. And we give Bitcoin so much shit for not being that great and having all these problems, being clunky, being slow, um, you know, not really that easy or capable of changing it and upgrading it, but it works. It's decentralized and it, no one's really ever going to be able to shut that down. I mean, the undertaking it would take to bring down Bitcoin is just not really fathomable today. Whereas there are ways to potentially get at Ethereum and influence it and 
and affect it and other, a lot of blockchains that have those components that are a bit more centralized. Um, I think almost we need to look back at, you know, what's worked and actually try and use those models because I think we've gotten uh, maybe too far away from that in some ways. So centralization model, I understand, is definitely a little scary. You can make an argue that it's necessary mm -hmm. too in some aspects, but, um, you know, from a security standpoint and worrying about control and um, anonymity and privacy, then, yeah, I think that does become a bit of a concern. Sure. Anyway, absolutely. We've talked about a lot of things. Um, it's been a really good episode, man. Where can people learn about a, a solidified? Where can they go to, you know, reach out to you guys and get some help? Yeah, um, just go on our website, solidified.io, oaksecurity.io, um, and you know, if you need an audit, just fill out a form. Um, we have a bit of a lead time, like I think most of the quality auditors in the space right now. But um, uh, it's, you know, it's not unreasonable. I think it's maybe a, a month or two right now. Okay, cool. What about you? Can people find you online? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I used to be on a number of other social networks until I started getting impersonated quite heavily. Um, and we actually had to hire a professional company to, to fix that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a part of the fun dealing with security when you're in, in security. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm only on LinkedIn. Um, you can come and connect with me. I'll be happy to have you in my network. Absolutely. Uh, guys, go check out Edward on LinkedIn. Go check out uh, Solidified and everything they're doing, especially if you need to audit your project and get some help with some security stuff. Uh, make sure to like the video and subscribe below if you have not already. Edward, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and elaborate on what you guys are doing and the importance of it. I uh, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. That was great. Awesome. All right. Uh, stay safe. Talk soon. Let's do it again soon. All right. Cheers.